Hey everybody, this is Safi and welcome to episode 194 of the Big Boob Cast. On this episode, Melanie and I are beside ourselves. So, so happy because we got to have a conversation with Mississippi State's head football coach, Mike Leach. I still can't believe I get to say that. Still can't believe he's the coach of my school. And listen, not one thing about it was a disappointment. It was everything we hoped it would be and more and we cannot wait for you to listen. You're going to hear Melanie and me talk for about 20 minutes as a little bit of a setup. And then we'll get into our conversation with Coach Leach. And we are totally indebted to y'all for helping to make this happen. Because as you know, Coach Leach is a guest on the episode because of a Twitter wager. So thank y'all for liking and retweeting the post that led to all of this. We are very grateful as always that you're here. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And welcome, Mike Leach. Welcome, everyone, to episode 194. Hey, everybody, this is Sophie. This is Bee Mama. Hey, it's Melanie. It's Big Mama. It's a big day on the Big Boo Cast. It is a big day. It is a day brought to you by 1,000 Twitter retweets. <laughs> that is the truth. Listen, this was an effort of the people. Exactly right. A product of um, people's commitment to uh, quality podcast content. Because about, I don't know, was that about three weeks ago? Maybe a month yeah, ago. It may have been a month ago. Um, Dave Emmerich, who works in the football department at State, said that if um, people had questions for our head football coach, Mike Leach, to please go and to send him a direct message and then Coach Leach would video a reply. And so in some fit of boldness, which is really weird because I'm not super bold, yeah. Um, I just said, I don't have a question. We would just love for him to come on our podcast. And then yeah. thanks to all the people who chimed in on that, he came back the next day and said, tell you what, if you get a thousand retweets of this reply, we'll make it happen. And that took mm-hmm. approximately 27 minutes. Um, yeah, that was it for us to get to a thousand. And y'all keep liking that post. Like the last time mm-hmm. I looked, it was close to 2,300 likes. Um, yeah. So Today, we are going to talk to Mike Leach. That's exactly right. I'm going to tell you the lesson to be learned here is that shooters shoot. So <laughs> That's right. That's right. I'm going to tell you. That's right. You, so. you can't score if you don't shoot. Like, mm-hmm. you can't hit if you don't swing. So... Might as well. Mm-hmm. Might as well. And I need to tell y'all that Sophie did all of that without telling me initially. So I just got home and saw that I had all these Twitter and I was like, did I, have I done something <laughs> like it, it? You know, whenever you see anything, you're like, it's not really good to see that you have 157 notifications in your Twitter. I thought, well, right. surely this is the end of everything as I know it because I accidentally tweeted something. Um, but no, it turns out that we were just trying to get Mike Leach on the podcast. 
That's exactly right. We were trying to get Mike Leach on the podcast. It was just, it was an opportunity and we took it. And listen, if this should turn into other opportunities to talk to other SEC coaches, I mean. Jimbo Fisher. That's, um, we're looking at you, Jimbo. We're looking at you, Jimbo Fisher. I I would not turn away from, from the Lord's work in that. I would. I would cooperate. I would I would walk through the door that he opens. Yeah, well, and I feel like it feels, I mean, what better year than 2020 for a bunch of SEC coaches who are getting ready for maybe a football season or maybe not to be like, you know what I'd really like to do is go on a, a, a podcast with some middle-aged moms. I, <laughs> I, That's right. But, but. We are an underappreciated demographic when it comes to exactly sports. Right. We are. Yeah. And I'll tell yeah. you this, and this, this delighted me as much as any of this, is that earlier this morning, Dave Emrick, who I, for some reason, have to call by both of his names when I mentioned yes. um, he had messaged me because we had agreed like on today and the time and all that. And I was like, hey, how was the best way for us to get in touch with you? And this morning, his message was, why don't you just call a cell phone? Yeah. Um, and and he gives me his Mike Leach's phone number, which is exactly right. It's perfect. It's as it should be. There's no there's no secretary. There's there's no like middle person. Just give him a call. He's like yeah. Bob Goff. And yeah. and so anyway, so and he had told me like text him this afternoon and introduce yourself and then um, he kind of given me instructions about what to do. So I did. And um, anyway, we were sitting here about, I don't know, an hour and a half ago. And all of a sudden I went, Mike Leach texted me back. <laughs> and Alex Which is was, a sentence that you didn't have on your bingo card no, for 2020. No, Mm-mm. but Alex was like, Soph, Soph, you're trying to flex. And I was like, listen, <laughs> I can flex on that. I didn't put it on Twitter. I just wanted to tell my family. Yeah. Because, I mean, things that you didn't foresee. And I appreciate because here's, I'm going to tell you what nobody needs to give me. I'm just going to go ahead and put, nobody needs to give me Jimbo Fisher's cell phone number. <laughs> well, listen. Nobody needs to give me because I'm going to tell you that I could get in the middle of a game and decide I'm just going to shoot him a quick text about what I think needs to happen here or whatever. I'm just saying I'm aware of my weaknesses. I think you will be a better steward of that than I will be. I don't think there's any need for Coach Leach to go change his cell phone number. Well, I'm just mm -hmm, saying that mm -hmm. I would be one that all of a sudden I might send some some gifs to Jimbo Fisher (laughs) in the middle of a game. Well, so David said, how quickly did you add him to your contacts? I I said, oh, pretty quickly, pretty quickly. (laughs) So it could well be that David's going to have to go in and delete it at some point because I I could do the same thing. Now, I I can mostly restrain myself from bothering people and that kind of thing. But, you know, the way this year has gone, there's just no telling when I might need to offer some suggestions. That's right. Insight, perspective, historical mm-hmm. context yeah. for a place he might find himself. And so... um I don't know. We'll we'll see. We'll see. I yeah. mean, I'm going to try to behave, but we'll see. I know. I think that's good. Well, and, you know, my buddy Coach O follows me on Twitter. At least I think he still does. And so maybe he wants to come on the podcast at some point. I don't know. Well, listen, you could direct message <laughs> and ask him. I could. Now, that'd probably, probably be a violation of the Billy Graham rule. But... <laughs> <laughs> but... 
and the interest of our creative outlet, it might Uh be, you know, something to consider. Yeah. I mean, you just never know. I'm just saying that we could, depending on what's going to happen, because I read this week, he was my hero because I read that Coach O said that he is ready for football and it is going to start even if they have to play in a pasture at 2 a.m., which I feel like is a direct almost Friday night light scenario that he he took. But I'm, I'm here for it. I'm here for I will go prop up my I will bring my soccer chair and I will sit on a sideline wherever I can to watch some sports right now. I feel like the first time I saw State and LSU play in person, it was kind of that scenario. I mean, we played, yeah. it was at the football field at State, but that was before the football field even had lights. And mm-hmm. and so ABC brought in lights so they can make it a night game. I've told this story before. Then, yeah, but that's okay. right before the, the game was over, the scoreboard went out. Nobody knew how much time was left. Um, mm-hmm. He was sitting in the stands. State kicked a field goal to win it at the end, and then that was when I was on the way out of the stadium, and I said, LS who? And a flurry of expletives um, introduced me to um, what you say and don't say in the presence of an LSU fan. So, yeah, Yeah, that's about right. Mm -hmm. That is about right. Lots Mm -hmm. of good lessons in that. Well, it's it's good to it's it's always good to exercise a little more restraint than maybe what you want. It's like say it inside your head. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like the it's like my new motto for 2020. Thanks to the Japanese theme park, scream inside your heart. You know, just (laughs) yes, scream inside your heart. Scream inside your heart. So is really. This is a big day. I, it's made me very nostalgic about football. It has taken me because David said he was like, "You're gonna go. You're gonna go so far back with him. Like you're gonna you're gonna try to essentially like you're gonna be like and then Jackie Cheryl, and <laughs> and I'm not. But it it has made me think about like me at 14 going to the Mississippi State like summer alumni meeting with my daddy. And mm-hmm. getting so dolled up, you know, like, mm-hmm. because a big deal. where else would you rather be and having my picture made with bully and, mm-hmm. um, you know, just a lifetime of, of loving that place. And then I don't know, he's a pretty well-known coach. And so I'm just as thrilled as I can be that he's taken some time to talk to us. I know. Well, I'm really excited. Hey, y'all. It's me with a quick break in the podcast episode to talk to you about Magic Spoon. When I was growing up, cereal was one of the best parts of being a kid, whether that was because it was the perfect breakfast with Saturday morning cartoons or it was the perfect late night snack. But now that I have gotten older, I don't eat cereal as much because it's full of sugar and it's got stuff in it that probably that I shouldn't eat. But that doesn't change the fact that it's super important to eat breakfast and it's so important to get your day off to a good start. Well, that is where Magic Spoon comes in because Magic Spoon has zero grams of sugar, 12 grams of protein, and only three net grams of carbs in each serving. That is quite a cereal. It also comes in four flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and blueberry, and it tastes great. If you have missed the treat of your childhood, guess what? It's back. Magic Spoon is keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. And I have to tell you, if you enjoy a blueberry morning treat, the Magic Spoon cereal will meet a need that you may not have even known that you had. It's my favorite of all the flavors. So go to magicspoon.com slash bigboo to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code bigboo at checkout to get free shipping. Here's what's so great about it. 
Magic Spoon is so confident in their product. It is backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they will refund your money, no questions asked. That's magicspoon.com slash bigboo and use the code bigboo for free shipping. Alrighty, back to episode 194. So I went back because I was trying to remember, I knew roughly his tenure at tech because those were really terrible years for me by and large, because let me, <laughs> let me, those coincided for Aggies, those coincided with our coach Fran years. Yeah, listen, and, and also love, our coach Sherman years. I love when you get back in it enough to get into the coach Fran years, because that was listen, when I first knew you. That, those were dark days. Those were those and were dark, now, dark days. Now that I really know you, like now that I know your personality so well, yeah. I can mm-hmm. really appreciate the frustration, the, mm-hmm. the level of frustration. Um, because what I feel like Melanie Shankle always wants to see out of a coach is some fire. Yeah. And um, somebody who values effort and mm-hmm. who issues swift and clear consequences when there is not effort on the field. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty That's pretty much everything that I need. And what I'm going to say is from the years 2003 to 2007, <laughs> what I felt like was I had somebody standing on a sideline reading a Denny's menu, not really interested in anything <laughs> that was going on in the field. A Denny's you, menu? Why Denny's? Because he just always, I don't know, because it was like a laminated, it was like a laminated card that he was always just looking at. And it was like, and no matter what happened, his expression never changed. He never flinched. And listen, that's great. I appreciate that if you can do that and get something going. But you know, Gully, that's where, I mean, I talk about it. Nobody, I mean, that's, I think it's nobody's cuter than you. You know, Gully and I, to this day, he gave us our favorite saying, which is when one of us isn't acting excited enough about something going on, we're like, hey, get excited, Coach Fran. Like, <laughs> get, There's, and I'm sh- there's sure nothing. he's lovely, but I just, he was not right. the fiery coach that I needed. I need somebody who's going to get in somebody's face and have some words about some things. Right, right. Somebody who's going to get it handled. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because I do think, by and large, there is a correlation between that and a successful coach. I mean, we've all seen Nick, mm-hmm. quote, Lou Saban. We've all seen <laughs> him totally lose it on the sideline and I'm gonna say that pays off for him in terms of field production can I can I just say that if Nick Saban in a moment of levity or humor Mm -hmm. um if he were to come out if we ever see a public football practice again you know we ever see footage of coaches yes coaching a football practice um, if he would just one time, and it really just only has to be about 30 seconds, mm-hmm. if he would put on like a penny or <laughs> a workout, like just some, like anything that says Lou on the back, <laughs> I, I would make a donation to his foundation. I really would. I, I would. I, I would make a donation to his foundation. Yeah. So Nick, if you're listening, just keep that in mind. As as we're sh- we're sure you do often. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Well, he might because we're having Coach Leach on, so he might be. This might be some intel. He That's might right. be looking to get some scoop on how the Mississippi State Bulldogs are going to look for this season. That's right. And what he needs to be prepared for. You know, I told you this because we've been together, but um, 
I laughed because, you know, they're saying like, and we don't know as of this, whatever they're, because they're waiting two more weeks to see what college football, but a lot of people have gone to all conference games only. It looks like the SEC might end up going that direction. We might play conference games only, but that I was so happy to see that that news had not even been at an hour before TechSags, my beloved website was predicting that this really could be our year <laughs> that we're going to. Oh, listen, hope springs eternal. It really it, does. We're going to drink the Kool-Aid. We don't care if it's pandemic Kool-Aid. We don't care what mm -mm. Kind, what year the Kool-Aid is in, but we are going to be all in. This is going to be our year. This pand pandemic is actually going to play in our favor because we the other teams aren't going to be as ready as we are. They aren't going to be as seasoned as we are. They don't have the veterans that we have. And so I appreciate that we think this is going to be our year. And then I told you it would be the most Aggie thing in the world to be national champions with the year that's <laughs> going to have an asterisk that said only played seven games. Like Right. right. The 7-0 and o Texas A&M Aggies. It would be no. like a 1931 football season. You know what I mean? <laughs> it would. It would. They went seven and zero, oh, and people would always look back and go, "That's weird," and be like, "Remember that was coronavirus year." So I I don't know how I I feel in terms of my optimism that it's going to actually happen. Like I can't let myself, I can't believe too much because there's been too much disappointment and and too short a period of time. No, um, what are you what are you talking about? So, <laughs> but here's what I do know: if if we if we can play something, if, if they decide it's wise uh -huh. and prudent for us to, to be able to play, um, it will be appointment television for me. I mean, it will be oh. just, I, I can't, it, it would be so, it would be so glorious to be able to watch a live competition. And what did you say the other night that um, he was watching? No, it was, uh, it was my friend Stephanie who said yeah. that they found themselves watching cornhole. Cornhole. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's because that's where we are. It's like, we just need something to cheer for. Like, can we just please have something to cheer for? Um, but I'm saying like, listen, I'll stay in my house. I don't need to yes. go to a game. I'll stay in my house. I'll stay in my house with a mask on. If you'll just let football come on the TV. Mm -hmm. Let football come on the TV. <laughs> please, please, please let football come on the TV. Just a little bit of normalcy. Just yes. To, yes. We, again, we want to be wise. We want to be safe. We're not trying to be reckless. We're just saying if they decide it's prudent, we will be delighted. Hey y'all, it's me again with a quick break in the episode to talk to you about Native. For as long as I can remember, I have been a label reader. I do it with the food I buy. I do it with the beauty products I use. Listen, I will read the products listed on the side of a candle. I'm just interested all the time. And my deodorant from Native is no exception. I am really interested in what goes into it and what is listed on that label. So Native doesn't just block odor better, it's made better. It has ingredients you've heard of like coconut oil and shea butter and tapioca starch. It's also vegan and never tested on animals. Native never uses ingredients like aluminum or parabens or sulfates or talc because switching to an aluminum-free deodorant doesn't mean you have to sacrifice on odor protection. Native will keep you smelling and feeling fresh all day long. With over 10 cents, including rotating seasonals, Native has something for everyone. Their most popular classic scents are coconut and vanilla, lavender and rose, cucumber and mint, and citrus and herbal. My favorite actually has surprised me because I really love the coconut and vanilla. I thought it would be the citrus and herbal, which is delightful. But the coconut and vanilla smells so summery and 
fresh and good. And y'all, I put it to the test because as y'all know, I like to get outside. I like to walk in the blazing heat and Native gets the job done. It does exactly what you want any deodorant to do. Plus, it smells fantastic while it does those things. Native is risk-free to try. Every product comes with free shipping within the U.S., plus free 30-day returns and exchanges. See why so many people love Native and check out the over 14,000 five-star reviews. So do what I did and make the switch to Native today by going to nativedo.com slash bigboo or use the promo code bigboo at checkout and get 20% off your first order. That's nativedo.com slash bigboo or use the promo code bigboo at checkout for 20% off your first order. Alrighty, back to episode 194. Okay, well, we're going to call Coach Leach here in just a minute. And I will tell you this, there was a there was an episode, um, I have a friend who tends to, when she gets really unexpectedly enthusiastic about like getting to talk to somebody, um, it can get away from her a little bit. Um, <laughs> it can, it can turn into... Um, a lot of words, a lot of words that don't necessarily and thoughts that don't necessarily connect. But the, now the enthusiasm is is the constant, but it's just the clarity struggles a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, there's and and, um, and then there's a lot of regret on the other side of that because there's a moment of like, oh, my word, what did I just say? Yes. Uh, what did any of those words mean? And did they go together? So we have actually prepared this time. And we have a Google Doc, which is one of my favorite things in life. And yes. we have really thought through because we don't we don't just have unlimited time with Coach Leach. No, it's not like we're no. just going to sit here and have a two and a half hour conversation. Yeah. And then I'll edit it down. So we want to maximize our time. Yeah. So we ha- we hope that we are are able to ask the questions that you would want us to ask. But our primary aim was to not ask anything super serious because yeah. you know what? We've all had a lot of um, in 2020, a lot. We've had a lot of serious. Yeah. And so we wanted this to be really fun. So we hope it's fun for him and not just fun for us. Yep. There you have it. This is the one of the weirdest things I've ever done in my life. Yes. Would you agree? I would agree. Yes, it feels very surreal. I don't know. Coach Cheryl was up there, too. That felt kind of like. Okay. Um, but if you think I'm ever deleting this number, he's going to, they're going to rue the day. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Okay, I'm going to start putting this number in. All right. You ready? I'm ready. Is it ringing? I can't hear it ring, but it says it's calling. This feels on brand. Sorry, but the person you called has a voice mailbox that has not been set up yet. <laughs> yep. Help. Okay. <laughs> okay. Hello, everyone. This is the last break in the episode to talk to you about something that Melanie and I both love so much, and that is a game called Best Fiends. We are both always looking for something to do in our free time. Melanie especially loves to play a game while she is watching her shows, or better yet, while she is watching Perry's shows. 
and that's why we're so excited to have found Best Fiends. If you love challenging puzzles or collecting cute characters, this is the game for you. We are both hooked and we're not mad about it. This is such a fun way to have some socially distant competition with your friends. I love it because there are just enough bells and whistles to keep me interested. There's just enough positive reinforcement where I never feel like I'm really just terrible at this game. I always feel like I can succeed. And the game works by matching blocks of the same color to gain points or collecting a certain number of items, detonating a certain number of bombs, defeating slugs. It's really something that Melanie and I have enjoyed together for quite a while since we both started playing at the beginning of the year. And I like to think that I compete with Melanie, but here's the truth of the matter. Melanie is on level 462. I'm on level 231. So she's a little ahead of me, but even though maybe I have other gifts, besides being able to beat Melanie at Best Fiends, I love this game so much. I love the fact that they update the game monthly, so you always get new levels and events. There are always new challenges. I am not typically a person who really gets into games, but I am such a fan of this one. So engage your brain with fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters. Trust me, with over 100 million downloads, this five-star rated mobile puzzle game is a must play. You can download Best Fiends for free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R, best fiends. Alrighty, back to episode 194. We're so grateful to you for doing this with us. I'm honored that you'd have me on. Uh, <laughs> now listen, you don't have anything going on right now, we bet. I mean, I bet it's just as breezy, just as laid back right now as a college football coach. Well, we get to do a little. We're kind of sitting on ready wait on go. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, well, they're allowed to work out. We're allowed to watch, uh, but we're not allowed to coach much. We can have a few meetings. That's about it. Uh, and we're still waiting to hear everybody else. When do we play? We're still waiting to hear. We're all waiting to hear. I don't think I've ever prayed as hard for anything as that college football can happen this fall. <laughs> Uh, that would be a welcome relief for everybody. Yes. Yeah, it would. It would. Now, Coach Leach, I know that um, you don't, you have not ever known us, um, but Melanie, who's in Texas, she actually, this was back, I went back and found it today. Back in September, she straight up predicted that you were going to be the head coach at Mississippi State. Uh, I, well, she knew more about it than I did <laughs> because I certainly, I certainly had no idea. Um, you know, I always uh, really loved Washington State and and still do. You know, I mean, I loved yeah. everything about it, um, but you know, just kind of wanted to see what was over the ridge and um, and you know, really, it boiled down to that more than anything. And um, you know, you got only so much time in this business and I could have happily stayed at Washington state forever, but then, you know, curiosity and some things. And so, uh, but I, I could be happier to be here at uh, Mississippi state. Well, we're so glad you are. And listen, I have to know, is this the first interview you've ever done as the result of a Twitter wager? Um, like really like just a, a retweet, get this many retweets and we'll get coach on with you. I'm not sure, but I mean, I think it's a good way to do it. Maybe we ought to do them all <laughs> because it worked out pretty well. 
It did. It did for us. So, you know, when Sophie said, so I said back in September when they were starting to, you know, everybody starts talking about what's going to happen. And I, at that time, of course, like you didn't even know that you might be leaving Washington State. I just said, you know who I would like to see Mississippi State hire is Coach Leach because I have always loved you as a coach, even as an Aggie fan. And I think you bring so much character and personality to the game. And so I really just, I, I almost willed it into existence that you would be part she of really the SEC. Did. Mm-hmm. But did you ever think you'd end up coaching in the SEC? Like, was that even on your radar? Well, I'd been, a, I was the offensive coordinator at Kentucky back in 97 and 98. Yeah. And uh, I think it was maybe as well as two years, late nineties. And then, um, so I really enjoyed it then. And, and we played most of the teams. Um, I'm trying to think who we didn't play. Um, uh, I don't, we never played Auburn when I was uh, at Kentucky. Okay. Um, and then since then I've played uh, Ole Miss a couple of times and then, uh, but we covered most of them. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So now that you've been to a couple, events and you know you know all the coaches so like here's my question which sec coach would win in a bar fight you think <laughs> boy that's a tough question uh, <laughs> uh, uh shoot. well let, let, let's just think about that okay that's, that's you can sit tough on to that. handicap <laughs> uh that's a tough one to handicap um you know uh, ed ogeron would have by far the best voice for it believe me 100 um, percent uh, Coach Pittman up there at uh, at Arkansas looks pretty tough. Uh, okay. uh, she, I think they, I think they, I think they all would be. I mean, they never bet against yourself. I'm just saying I'd find a way somehow, <laughs> some way, and in, 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 whether it's divine intervention. But um, uh, I don't know. That's a, that's a tough call. Okay. Uh, you know, some some of these guys are, uh, and I'm probably leaving somebody out that's really good, but. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah. some of those uh, running around the country, former NFL players, you don't want to mess with them either, you know? No, for sure yeah. not. For sure not. Yeah. I was just curious. Yeah. It's it's worth thinking about, I think. I think it's a it's a it's a topic that will um that will bring you some joy if you think about it long enough. I I'm wondering, um, just as somebody who's been a state fan my whole life, I'm wondering where you rate the fact um, on kind of an absurdity scale that you and Lane Kiffin both ended up at Mississippi schools because a player scored a touchdown, decided to crawl through the end zone. Um, I mean, doesn't that seem like kind of a strange turn of events to you when you think about it? Um, well, I don't know if that was the sum total of what happened for sure. I've <laughs> heard the legend of it. And I guess that's kind of fun to think about. Uh, and I do remember it on TV and then, uh, and, uh, you know, and, and I'll tell you, you know, I'd say it's a fine line and, and you, you get, everybody gets excited about making big plays, big games. And then, you know, you tee it up against various people and then sometimes your emotions get the best of you. Um, and, and, sure. and, and I did, uh, read some real negative things on that young man, but I never felt that way. You know, I've had guys, I've had guys get excited and, uh, you know, do things. And then of course you run them on Sunday, but, uh, uh, you know, but there is this about it. Nobody will ever forget that game. No, 
No, I, I told Melanie at the time, I said, as somebody who has been to many, many egg bowls in my life, the way that whole thing played out felt just right. It felt like the rest of the country was like, oh my gosh, what happened? And I was like, well, that, that feels on brand for the way this thing goes a lot of the time. But I did hate it for him because that's, you know, that's a, that was a big moment. And, um, but it's funny how that all worked out to get both of both you and Lane Kiffin in the state of Mississippi, which is a pretty good, pretty good setup as far as all the football fans are concerned. Uh, I've known Lane for a long time. Lane's a fun guy. Uh, Lane's a fun guy too. And uh, uh, yeah, uh, of course we coached against each other in uh, the PAC 12. He is at SC and, and I was at Washington state. We won. Hopefully we, we do it again. You know? Yeah. <laughs> That's what we're hoping. So here's my question. So since I go back to your Big 12 days, because I remember playing you, um, well, not personally, but I remember watching a lot of those games very nervously, <laughs> watching your offense rack up points. Do you have a favorite game? Is there one you look back on when you were in the Big 12? Do you have a favorite game as a tech coach that you always think of? Um, well, the most famous one is when we played Texas. Texas was number one. That's my favorite Indeed. one. <laughs> We were up there, and it had a very dramatic finish. Uh, um, uh, we ran a play going in that was going to seal it up, and they called offensive pass interference. It was the most absurd call of all time. Uh, you know, Michael Crabtree runs a route, screws the kid into the ground with his footwork, never did touch him, never has touched him, still hadn't touched that guy. Uh, that, guy that guy didn't touch Michael, and Michael didn't touch him. And... Um, and so then we're going to have the ball something like first and 10 on like the, the two. And then of course, then they penalize us. And then we didn't overcome that real well. And, um, should have scored. Yeah. Uh, came away with a field goal. Texas marches down and scores. And then, uh, you know, we're hoping to get a good return. They kick it. We bobble the ball or something like that. We get the ball to the 10. So we have, uh, 90 yards to go with almost no time and then march downfield and then, uh, hit, uh, Crabtree and he, uh, turned and, uh, uh, up the sideline and got yep. past the corner and the safety missed him and he scored. Of course we, then we stormed the field. Uh, our fans stormed the field three times <laughs> and then, uh, so we're getting penalized. So, they stormed the field. Okay, then uh, minus 15 to be taken on the kickoff. Okay, so then uh, we kick the extra point. They stormed the field again. And there's only like a second left. They stormed the field again, three fifteen more. And then somewhere along the line, they stormed the field again. <laughs> and um, I think, uh, and so then um, we look up. And we're kicking off from the, the minus seven. Oh, my god! I mean, gosh. every one of those guys from Texas can run. <laughs> and so then I, uh, and I'm kind of famous for this quote. I said, uh, I told the kicker, kick it to a heavy guy. I didn't say heavy, but I said, <laughs> I, said, I, I, said I said, well, I'll tell you what I said. I said, kick the ball to a fat guy. And, uh, and uh, well, so, and he did. <laughs> and he, the, 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 the big man, he fields it like a shortstop. Uh, I mean, he, he, he looks like Ozzy Smith fielding that ball. And, and then he pitches it to a fast guy. 
and that guy was really fast. And then that guy bobbles the ball and drops it, and then it was game over. But um, the best one that we ever played was the very next week, because that was on college game day. And then the next week, back-to-back, was on college game day, too. Uh-huh. And um, we played Oklahoma State who two weeks before it almost beat Texas and Austin, and they were really good. Yeah. And they were ranked ahead of us at the time, I think. And um, we got down 20 points. And But other than that first <laughs> half of the first quarter, uh that team against Oklahoma State played as well as any team I've ever had. We really uh-huh. played well. Uh, I mean, we just exploded, played really well against a great opponent, and, and got after that. Oklahoma State. I remember that. I remember that. So but that we, was... we played even better against Oklahoma State than we had against Texas overall. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that because I was, you know, nothing is an Aggie. There's nothing I like more than to see the Longhorns lose. So that <laughs> game forever cemented you in my mind is just one of my favorites because you were able to come beat and, you know, come back and beat the number one ranked Longhorns. Now, my least favorite was in 2005 when Tech beat the Aggies 56 to 17. That was a real <laughs> low moment for me, to be honest. I'll tell you what a wild game that was. Um, we, uh, <laughs> Okay, it was a bizarre game. It was the game kicked off at some really crazy time, mm-hmm. like nine nine twenty or something. Yes, yeah. can you imagine kicking off at nine twenty? <laughs> Terrible. So, so that game got over at like the nine, so nine twenty, ten twenty, eleven twenty, twelve twenty, one twenty. Oh. That game's over at one twenty. Okay, oh, and my then word. Um, and we even said before the <clears throat> before the game, we said, now look. None of you are going to sleep a wink tonight if we lose this game and get off the field at one twenty. <laughs> you better figure on winning this game. And then we always, before we played the Aggies, we always played a song, and it was a great song. The entire locker room would get fired up. We played, uh, there's a Texas country guy named Radney Foster. Yeah. And we would always play <laughs> Texas back in 1880 every time we played okay. Texas. And, okay. And um, full blast, and we'd show highlights of the Red Raiders beating um, Texas A&M. We played Texas back in 1880s. I love that. And um, that. and so you know, and so and even the guys that weren't from Texas on our team decided, you know, today we were going to be the most Texas team. And then um, and so we go out there, and B.J. Simmons was our quarterback, who was an outstanding quarterback. Uh, uh, still has the most yards passing in a college football season. Uh, number one, BJ Simmons. And so, um, uh, and they had a great defensive coordinator there. who was scary. A guy named Carl Torbush. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's one of those things where we weren't that good. They weren't that bad, but everything we touched worked out and, and we'd had a, it was a rough stadium to play, um, there in Lubbock and, yeah. And we added the student section right by their locker room is where they put the student section. So A&M decided they weren't going to go uh, in that. There was an area outside where their bus would pull up because he well, goes bigger than that. So when we play A&M at our place, the students would camp out in the parking lot mm-hmm. at the beginning of that week. Now, I'm not dumb enough to think that the only reason they did is 
because they wanted us to beat A&M. They definitely wanted us to beat A&M. <laughs> but, 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 right, but, right. Let's, but let's be honest. Late in the year, even though it's late in the year, kind of cold, camping yeah. out in those parking lots and tents. Yeah. And, and they called it Raiderville. And I'd okay. wander around those tents, sometimes buy pizzas and hand them out. But um, they'd have fires. They'd have water beds. They'd have TVs <laughs> that I've never uh, been blessed enough to own. They'd have pool tables. They would have, uh, you know, those, those cornhole pits. They yep. would have fires. They'd be barbecuing stuff, and they're going to stay there till game time. And so the bus didn't want to pull up there. Mm-hmm. So they pulled up to the other side where our locker room is and walked across. And I figured if they were making that concession that we we're probably going to have a pretty good day. I thought we would. <laughs> and then um, um, and in the end, it was a lot of fun. It was a, it was a big night for the Raiders. And, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, can you imagine though? That yeah, that would have that'd be a long flight uh, going yeah. back after a deal like that. But uh, Raiderville was something else. They they elect a mayor. I love and that. And then uh, towards the end, I like in too. in two thousand eight, they uh-huh. did it every home game. They had so much fun doing it. They did it every home game. And, yeah. And you go there like during the day, like I'd go out to my car or something during the uh-huh. day. Uh-huh. There'd be people guarding the various tents, doing their homework to make sure that all their stuff was there when other people had to go to class and stuff. It was a great tradition. I don't know if they're still doing it. I hope they are. I bet they're not, but I hope they are. One of the greatest traditions ever. I mean, they they tried to sort the population. They thought it was between three and 5,000 kids camping out there. Oh, oh my! I was going to say it doesn't take much for college kids to want to camp out in a parking lot. I feel like that's a that's something that Can you, you do imagine. I mean, age. there's there's all your buddies. You get chilly. You build a fire. You know. Uh, hey, did you have that test in biology yet? Yeah. Okay. Well, what do I need to study? Okay. Well, don't forget about this. Or, and then, uh, you know, uh, whatever boyfriend or girlfriend you're uh, hoping to. Uh, meet up with i mean they're there uh you know somebody out there can cook great no. food you're in the middle of some tournament of playing uh you know dropping the bean bags in the hole and i mean what a deal what a deal i'm so nostalgic for college football right now just listening to you talk about that that i could pretty much get in the bed i feel like like i'm just Oh, my goodness. This is a little bit of a hard love, Coach Leach, but as somebody who who grew up in Mississippi, I'm curious. And I don't know how much time you've really been able to spend there, but I have, I'm just wondering, is it, is it what you expected? Is it different than you expected? And then what's the best thing you've had to eat since you've been there? Um, Nearly everything's what I expected, although you get even, um, the, the proximity for recruiting is really close. Uh, yeah, and I knew sure. there'd be a lot of kids from Mississippi, but even more. And so Mississippi's a hotbed of players. Um, sure. Let's see. Uh, oh man, the places to eat here. Well, then everything's been what I expected, except for you know this all the COVID business, and then um, sure, yeah. Then we haven't had a chance to work with our players and get as acquainted as we'd like at this point. Um, you know, mm-hmm. you can meet, you can watch them work out but that's not the same as practicing and then um the food here is utterly outstanding <laughs> um the worst the worst place is good uh, one hole in the worst right. place there's a place called now i haven't sampled all of them so i can't give them all 
perfect credit, but you know, there's some great barbecues like Little Dewey's. Uh, uh, there's a hole in the wall called called Teddy's, which is outstanding. I tried to go to Spotlight, but it was closed. Um, okay. So I have to hit that. Um, what is it? Uh, Bulldog Burger. If you're a hamburger person, which I am once in a once Bulldog in a while. Bulldog great. Yes. Once. Uh, yes. Oh, the wings. So the wings at uh, Two Brothers. The wings at Two Brothers. Unbelievable. Um, I've heard they're great. I have not been to Two Brothers though. I haven't eaten anything here that's not outstanding. Oh, you know, there's <laughs> a high-end restaurant, the Common Door, and Harvey's is really good. Mm. Yes. <laughs> One place that I really love is um, there's a place called Rosie Babies, and I sit out I there love Rosie on Baby. the back deck by the train tracks, and uh, yes, and, and eat as much crawfish as you can stuff in you. <laughs> Yeah, that's the last place I went when I was in Starkville, I think, was Rosie Baby last year after we played LSU. That's a fun a fun place to go. It's a neat place, Mississippi. It really is. And um, and you're not kidding about the talent there. A lot of players, you know, there were, um, you know, tall guys that are fast that, uh, you know, aren't afraid to work. So it's uh, yeah. it's been good. I'm, I'm excited to get out there on the field and can't wait. And the sooner the better. So a couple of years ago, Sophie and I got to go to the SEC main office in Birmingham and the coordinator of officials, Steve Shaw, set up three replays for us to watch of calls. And then we got to make the call to see how we did. And we are proud to say that we went three for three on the correct call. Um, and this means a lot to me because you don't know me, but I one of my things that I stand on is that I I felt like there was a very egregious targeting call against DeShazer Everett. <laughs> when A&M played Rice in 2013, where he clearly led with his shoulder. And I did bring that up to Steve mm-hmm. Shaw. But so I'm wondering, because you've seen your share of tough calls, so do you have one that stands out to you as the toughest? Is there a call in your whole career where you're like, that was a terrible call? Oh, yeah, a bunch of them. <laughs> a bunch of them. I already mentioned one. Yeah. Uh, I already mentioned one. Um well, the one at SC where they uh, totally targeted Gardner Minshew, and uh, yeah, and we would have won, and then we would have gone to the um, the championship game if we if we'd won that game, you know. Yeah, and yeah. then uh, and yeah, uh, yeah, and that that thing kind of that was sort of a nationally terrible call. Yeah, and and we don't mean to give officials a hard time; they have a hard job. But sometimes, I mean, Melanie really has he- held on to this to Shazer Everett business for a long time. Sometimes they just they they sting a little bit more than than others. Well, that was a re- that was a replay deal, which made it even worse. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay, so I have a question about the about the egg bowl because, as you know, again, a lifelong bulldog, I've been to many egg bowls, um, but. In 2017, I think my sister and I went to the Egg Bowl, and that was the year that Nick Fitzgerald broke his ankle um, right at the beginning of the game. And it, the listen, the rivalry at that point felt like it was real dark. I even turned to my sister at one point. I was like, "This is the darkest college football game I have ever attended." It was just, it was there was a lot of lot of tension, a lot of hostility. So I'm wondering, do you think that the tone will shift a little bit, that it will be a little bit more lighthearted in terms of um, just the banner back and forth now that you and Coach Kiffin are in place? Do you think it'll be fun? Um, You know, something that we can all enjoy? I honestly don't think Coach Kiffin and I will have that much of an impact 
on that aspect of it because this is a, a game that goes back for you know decades maybe a century yes and then um uh you know it's something that uh is kind of ingrained in the fans uh players and that type of thing so i get there's going to be a high level of intensity no matter what <laughs> sure. and uh you know which is i think a, an important aspect of it and it's something that um will be really embraced by the fans. And as a team, you need to be the best team you can be and just, uh, um, you know, just worry about being the best team you can be. And uh, you want to be extremely excited to play it like you always want to be, but also, you know, stay focused on your job. And I think that's a a very important part of it. And then, um, uh, you know, uh, yeah, uh, you know, if there's a the kind of a tipping point between um, be excited to make a play as opposed to being afraid to screw up. You know, I mean, yeah, Mike, Michael Jordan in that uh, in that uh, they, they just had it on TV. The last uh, yeah, uh, the last dance, the last, last dance. dance. Yeah, Michael Michael Jordan says, "Why would I be afraid to uh, to miss a shot, Jordan, when I haven't even shot the ball yet?" You mm-hmm. know, I mean, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, we just need a bunch of real competitive guys like him that uh, want to embrace the moment and be there. Have you had a lot of people in Mississippi, have a lot of people talk to you about the Egg Bowl since you've been there? Has it come up much? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> daily. Pretty much daily. <laughs> a, lot, a, lot of ga- a lot of games prior to that, hopefully. <sighs> Oh gosh, it's it's um it it's a whole deal. It's its own rivalry. You know, I live in Birmingham, and and people always talk about Alabama and Auburn, and and I say I think State and Ole Miss is the is the undersold rivalry or the underestimated rivalry in terms of just it matters, and it's um it's always it's always kind of all bets off when you when you get to that game because something always happens that just makes it memorable in some way. Um, okay, so we don't want to take up too much more of your time, Coach Leach, because you've been so kind to spend some time with us. So um, I'm going to throw some uh, a little lightning round at you. All These right. are going to be so simple to ask, but we're just fascinated and want to um, just you know want to want to hear as much from you as we can. So you ready? All right. Um, okay, so right now, who's your favorite author? Favorite author? Uh, okay, it would be like a modern author, like modern day. Yeah. It would be uh, sure. Mike, Michael Lewis is a friend of mine and Bill Bryson, who I've always wanted to meet. Uh, Bill, Bry- Bill Bryson writes, uh, uh, yeah. uh, reads yeah. The Lost Continent. The Lost Continent's outstanding. And then I got to know, well, this was A&M week. I got to know um, Michael Lewis did an article. Uh, he'd just written the book Blindside. And he did an article in New York Times Magazine. And, and me and our team, we were on the cover um, of New York times magazine and wrote about uh our team as we prepared and we played the aggies and won and then um uh he uh yeah he hung around all week i missed him when he was gone and um i love that and and he uh yeah well because you know you sit there you watch hours of film and you can bounce rhetorical questions and then of course he's been all over done all kinds of things so that was interesting and he wrote about a speech that I gave to the team on pirates. Mm-hmm. Uh, now in the speech, I had a real sword and I was swinging the sword <laughs> around the room as I was giving the speech. And, um, uh, when he wrote about that, that's when that pirate stuff all took off. Cause I'd given, 
speeches on a lot of things. Yes. But when he interviewed the players, they talked about that speech. Once it made that article, then, oh, there's pirate flags, pirate hats, <laughs> pirate, you know, pirate stuff popped up everywhere. I still, in, in my office, uh, I always had, I haven't moved my stuff, all the stuff in yet, but uh, this big six-foot uh, uh pirate uh skeleton dressed like a pirate that you push a button and it talks that uh <laughs> bobby knight and pat knight gave me they were uh, coaching basketball yeah. at the time i love that that's, that's awesome. so great okay what was your favorite book of 2020 so far what has been your favorite book of 2020 so far 2020 i you know i've started more books than i've uh i've finished mm-hmm. um yeah I've, I've started a bunch of books um Let's see. Uh, well, I read one on the CIA, a guy's life in the CIA. Uh, and I think the first name is Henry. The last name is Crumpton. And that was interesting, okay. kind of how what uh, some of the bureaucracy and stuff that goes into, uh, you know, trying to protect our country. And there's a lot of moving parts, you know, just his experience kind of from the ground up. Okay, I have not read that, but now I love anything about the about the CIA. It's fascinating. I, w- I wish me, I could. So. I wish I could think of the title of it. I'll tell you one that uh, it's not a CIA deal, but and I just recommended this to our AD John Cohen, who watched it last night. There's a documentary on Netflix called Operation Odessa, oh, and okay. uh, and not to wreck the ending, but you got some international criminals, right? And um, and who are working loosely with Pablo Escobar, oh. um, and they decide. And when the Soviet Union collapses, they decided they're going to get the hold of a submarine and sell it to Pablo Escobar. And then the, <laughs> plot, the plot thickens from there. And it's like okay. I don't know, hour and a half or something, but it's it's totally worth it. Okay, oh, that sounds my my husband and I may be watching that tonight. Yeah, the best they go to the Soviet Union and well, this is classified and secret, you know, you can't come in here. Well, we might want to buy some stuff. Oh, well, sure, come in, come in, come in. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're in for that. We're in for that. Well, I got sucked into narcos, so anything that's a little oh, underground. Actually, no. the, the, narcos is getting even better, too. Uh, I watched, I've watched all the narcos, uh, um, and I knew a lot about Pablo Escobar, but the... Uh, the stuff with the, the, the Felix brothers in Mexico and yeah. Chapel coming into the pictures. So, um, yeah, it's getting even wilder. It is. It's fascinating. And I didn't realize how interconnected those two were. Like, I didn't know that they worked together. So, um, we're, we've been really into narcos. Um, so, okay. So that was a star. One of our questions was last thing you enjoyed on TV, which you answered that. So what's your favorite place in the world? Do you have a favorite place? Well, I mean, the next place, a new place, uh, see something different. I mean, I try to cover some ground, and, of course, I wasn't able to do that this year very effectively because yeah. um, every place is locked down, so I didn't get to do the Europe trip or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. I, I was going to try to go to Africa on a safari, and it just as we're getting that put together, then the, the plug got pulled on that. Yeah. And then um, – um, but, you know, I mean, as far as uh, downtime, collect your thoughts, uh, get back in shape, decompress. I go to Key West. We've got a little bungalow at Key West. And I've been going there since 2009. Oh, that's nice. 
That's nice. Yeah. Well, and it's a good place. It's a place you can still go because it feels like everything else is shut down. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was shut down there. The state of Florida wasn't so <clears throat> shut down. But, you know, it's like you get these local politicians and, um, you know, so any rule out there, they took it and improved on it times three. And, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, yeah, it was, uh, you know, some of it, it's almost, uh, I mean, you got to follow the science on it. You got to be safe and stuff like that. But sometimes, you know, these things can go beyond that and, uh, and try to make things as joyless as possible. You know, (laughs) that seems to be, that seems to be the 2020 motto right now. Let's make things as joyless as possible. And it's almost like it's embraced, you know, I mean, um, you know, because, you know, no matter what side of the coin you're on, both sides have been wrong because everything's been contradicted. There's not one point that hasn't been contradicted. <laughs> and, and and on one hand, you say leave it to the scientists, but then they contradict each other all the time. And then, um, you know, there were five doctors on CNN that said they'd let their kids go to school this year. So yeah. I, don't, I don't know where the rubber meets the road on any of this. And so... You know, and as a coach, you're out of it. You you do what you know. You t- you know, we have all kinds of safe protocols, and you do what you're asked to do. And um, right. And uh, you know, and you and that's an important interest and the most important one too. But uh, yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, but uh, the people having a, a, a productive and a and a fulfilling life that's a big uh, that's a big point too. Okay, here's our our last um, little quickfire question. It's just, what is your biggest hope for this season? Well, that that we play, that we get back to normal. I hope that we have the opportunity yeah. to play. I hope we have the ability to get back to normal and uh, and uh, you know, players, coaches, fans uh, have the chance to do all the things that uh, they enjoy. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a that's a good hope right there. I think so. Yeah. I think it's what we're all hoping. Yep. Yep. Well, we cannot thank you enough for taking time to be with us and for um, being such a good sport about the Twitter wager in which you really, you know, you had, you you just ran with it, even though you probably got caught a little bit in the middle of it. So we thank you for that. Um, Well, I'll tell you what, I mean, we ought to do it again sometime. It's uh, an honor to be on with you. And, uh, and uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, now you guys talk about books a lot on on your show, don't you? Well, we do. We're we're both writers, so we Melanie and I actually met um, on the internet <laughs> in about two thousand and six, which sounds sketchy, but we were we were both bloggers, and so over the course of the last you know fourteen or so years, that has morphed into. Um, we we do speaking stuff now and then we we both write books and so we talk about books a lot but we talk about football a whole lot during football season um we kind of talk about everything we'll so. talk about talk about the book uh swing your sword i wrote okay. the book okay. and it's on my path into coaching and it's on Amazon. that's right and then if you want a different subject we i, I wrote one on geronimo uh geronimo leadership strategies of an american warrior but uh uh, Swing yes. Your Sword actually made the New York Times bestseller list. Nice. I have I have not heard a negative word about it. It is a book that seems to be, um, at least by what I hear, sort of it is universally 
um, loved and appreciated by the people who read it. I've heard it's fantastic. So everybody well, go out I, and get it. I appreciate it. I hope that's right. Everybody needs to get it. And then uh, all the parts that you think suck on it, let me know. Maybe I will make a mistake next time. <laughs> there you go. That's Amazon reviews are good about doing that. So there you have it. It have pretty good reviews. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I'm not surprised at all by that. You're 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 a pretty smart guy. So putting that on paper, I think, is valuable. Well, I appreciate it, and uh, and hope hope to read your books one day. Oh, well, that is the kindest. Thank you so much for doing this. and Thanks so much, Coach Leach. We've loved having you and just wish you all the best this season, except for maybe when y'all play A&M. That's, I'm going to put that disclaimer in there. <laughs> I wish you all the best against A&M. Well, they're always tough, so we'll have our hands full. But uh, thank you so much. Thanks for having me on, and hope we get to talk again. Yes, sir. We would love it. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. So Melanie and I were so carried away at the end of our conversation with Coach Leach that we forgot to sort of wrap up the episode. But thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for sharing our joy. We hope you enjoyed that. And we will be back next week with low, even more content, though not with an SEC head football coach. This was a highlight, I have to say. Hope y'all have a great rest of your week and we will talk to y'all later. Thank you.